0: You know, if you're a new emergency medical technician and you're just getting out in the field, just getting your feet wet, there's a lot of things that you have to keep your mind on and work on, right? One of the most important one of those things is the vital signs, making sure you get accurate vital signs, making sure you can find that pulse, find that blood pressure and get it right every single time. How do you do it when you're in a chaotic, loud, very stressful situation? That's what we're here to talk about today and we're going to dive directly into it right after this. Welcome to this EMS firefighting version of the Hyper Academy All Access Show. Thank you for joining me today. It's a ruthless world out there. How do you step up and stand out? You do it by getting your mind right. That's what Hyper Academy is here to explore. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Ryan Field-Spack. I was a captain and a paramedic with a very large Metropolitan Fire Department for about 10 years and served as an EMT and a first responder for many years before that. I've had a lot of experience dealing with the challenges we're gonna talk about today, namely taking a blood pressure, taking a pulse, getting those vital signs during stressful situations. So let's talk a lot more about that. Before we do though, as a thank you for joining me today on the Hyper Academy All Access Show, I wanted to give you a gift. This gift is going to be something that's going to fundamentally improve upon your ability to take those vital signs, to take those blood pressures and those pulses. And be able to reduce the stress and anxiety that you may be feeling as a result of getting called to that stressful scene this is a three-step guide that i've developed it's on one page and you can read through this and get a direct feel for how to reduce your pulse reduce your blood pressure and reduce your anxiety and those butterflies that may be coming up inside you when you're responding to one of these incidents immediately it said As I said, it's three steps and it takes just 10 seconds to complete. You can get this free guide, again, as my gift to you, by going to hyperacademy.mykajabi.com slash 10 seconds, hyperacademy.mykajabi, k-a-j-a-b-i.com slash 10 seconds, again, quick, easy read. It will give you those three steps for the first just breathe technique and you'll be able to take that and utilize it and we'll talk more about how you can use it today. So blood pressure, pulse, vital signs. How do you improve upon your ability to find those and get those in place and relay those to your coworkers while you're working a very significant scene? When I was thinking about this episode and lining things out, I was thinking back to all of the calls that I've run. One that really stuck out in my mind in particular was a rollover on the highway where we had two ejected parties. It was about nine to 10 o'clock at night, very dark out, very loud. We still had a lot of activity going around and we found our patient, a female, that had a very significant femur fracture, closed femur fracture in and out of consciousness. And it was completely pitch black and I was up on an embankment, um, up a hill where this vehicle had rolled multiple times. About as difficult a situation as you could get. I was a brand new EMT, maybe I was even an EMT class. I was just a first responder. And it was my job to get the vital signs on this patient to be able to pass that along to my paramedic who is doing all of the other triage and all the other treatment and getting ready to uh, evacuate this person and get uh, her onto the helicopter to to fly down to the hospital as a level one trauma patient. So, a lot of stressors. I'm a brand new in the medical field. How do I make sure that I get the right blood pressure the right pulse rate, the right respiratory rate, so that I can make sure that we are starting with the benchmark vital signs so that we can make sure that we're treating this patient as as well as possible. There was a lot that went on with that. I was extremely nervous. And in hindsight, here's how I would do this in the future, having had the opportunity to maybe watch this podcast um, uh, ahead of time, right? One of the things that Hyper Academy focuses on significantly isn't just the task level activities of how to take the pulse, how to take the blood pressure. We'll get into that. Before that though, how do you get your mind right? How do you get your mind focused on the task at hand? And how do you calm yourself so you'll have the ability to perform better when those very stressful situations come about, right? That's one of the first things that I want to talk about today, specifically with how you can focus better. That way you can perform better specifically as you move forward. So there's three things that I like to talk about and that you might want to consider moving forward on a daily basis. The first, and I know it might sound weird, meditation. Meditating every single morning for two, five, 10 minutes can fundamentally improve upon your ability to focus when there's external stressors that are nagging at you in your, net, in your external psyche, right? So meditation, um, it's not just for gurus, it's not just for monks. Meditation is a fundamental way to improve upon your focus. And it's not difficult. The best way that I like to describe meditation is basically just taking a few steps. Find a place that's quiet, if possible. If you have children, try to get up early maybe, um, or do it after they are asleep um, at night find a place that's quiet find a place that's comfortable where you can sit comfortably and then just get a timer hopefully a timer that doesn't have a very blaring uh, bell at the end something that doesn't jar you um, um, into consciousness so to speak sit down set that timer and then just take some nice deep breaths in deep breath in deep breath out you can close your eyes if you want and then as you're breathing in and out just focus on those two things breathing in and breathing out inevitably and almost immediately your mind is going to wander away to something else something that you haven't thought about recently or something that's on your mind as something you need to do today the benefit of meditation is noticing that and then bringing your mind back to the present moment the inhalation and the exhalation you're going to get pulled away bring it back inhalation exhalation by doing this by noticing and then refocusing and noticing and refocusing. You're training your mind, you're giving your mind physical reps on acknowledging something that's pulled it away and then bringing it back to the present moment. So that's when you are in the field, when you're getting ready to take that pulse, that blood pressure, you can notice that your mind's being pulled to some other stressor like uh, noise and then refocus back on the task at hand of counting that pulse right so that's something that's very important and very beneficial if you institute a meditation routine once a day again two minutes five minutes ten minutes you're going to build that mental muscle capability to focus better when it really matters so that's the first thing that i would definitely recommend each day to get your mind a little bit better and more prepared. The second is um, presence. Having presence, Amy Cuddy um, is an author and she has a TED talk that talks about how your mind and your body presence, your stature, your broad stature can fundamentally improve upon your external capabilities to perform. The mind knows based on how it's sitting and how the um, expansive or submissive posture you may be sitting in will allow it to be more confident moving forward, right? So if you think about a submissive dog, right? Ears back, tail between its legs, it's trying to protect itself. That dog will act submissively by virtue of the fact that the dog is sitting and um, um, projecting in that way. The exact opposite is true for an alpha male dog as an example, right? Broad shoulders, open tail, big ears straight up, tail straight up, right? That dog is going to be able to perform better and have more confidence as a result of the posture that the dog is sitting in. The same exact thing is true for humans. So if you can carry yourself during the day with broad posture, if you're getting ready to do something that's very challenging, even if you're driving to the scene, if you can sit with a little bit higher posture, arms farther out, shoulders up, head and neck up, you will have more confidence by virtue of the fact that you are sitting in that position while you're driving to that scene and when you get on that scene and you'll be able to perform better with better confidence and capability. There's a lot more to that. Um, I talk a lot more about presence, um, specifically in a number of my different uh, shows and uh, and courses and online courses and things like that. So presence is great. I'll put a link to Amy Cuddy's book uh, in the description below that you can learn more about too. And finally, before you even get to the point where you're taking that blood pressure, where you're taking that pulse, You really want to focus on getting yourself in the present moment and lowering that pulse lowering that blood pressure so i mentioned that free guide at the beginning of this show when you get that guide you will have the ability to uh, lower your pulse and blood pressure and your anxiety inside by doing three steps it's called first just breathe you relax your fists you relax your jaw you take one mindful deep breath Doing those three things will directly improve upon your ability to perform in the moment because it lowers your anxiety level, your hands aren't shaking as much, you're not as nervous, and you're able to focus on the minute details that is taking a set of vital signs. So if you can do the first just breathe uh, process, as soon as you get the call, as soon as you get in the rig, as soon as you arrive on scene, and as soon as you're getting ready to take that pulse and blood pressure, it doesn't take long at all, you will be able to perform better because your mind and your anxiety level is just that much lower, right? So do those three things. Meditate, get some presence in your life as you're going, those broad body postures, and then your first just breathe mindfulness exercise as you're getting ready to start something stressful in the moment, that will give you a lot of keys to success and that will set you up for the next component that we're gonna talk about, which is the actual process of taking those blood pressure and those vital signs. So if you're a new EMT, if you're in EMT school, if you just graduated, if you just started your newest job, you know the mechanics, you know the basics of taking a blood pressure and a pulse, right? Otherwise you wouldn't have been able to graduate. So that's something to definitely keep in mind. Um, I'll cover some of my tips and techniques that I've used during my career. Um, Take them for what they're worth. um, And and we'll dive into some other opportunities to really just kind of set yourself up for success moving forward. So let's talk about Pulse first, right? Pulse is going to be the primary one that you're looking for all the time when you've been assigned to take the vital signs of a patient. And one thing to keep in mind and think about is the anatomy of where your radial artery is, right? So you've got your brachial artery, as soon as it basically gets down to here, which is where you're gonna take your blood pressure, we'll get back to that in a second, it's gonna bifurcate, right? So as it bifurcates, you're gonna have your ulnar and your radial artery that's running down through here. And the body knows as it was developing how to protect the arteries versus the veins because the arteries obviously have more pressure. You can bleed out faster, right? So it tucks the arteries, the radial artery in this case, in and below and on the other side of the radius um, and the the bone. So as that's done, you can feel this little protrusion that's out on the, um, the, the top part of the wrist here. And right at that protrusion, is where your radial artery is hiding, but it's hiding just in the um, divot inside on the um, anatomical side of the arm here. So as this flips down, you can immediately move your wrist down and all the time, that is where your radial artery is going to be. So that's one good, just uh, quick um, uh, tactile way to feel and always know where it is. Find that protrusion on your patient's wrist, flip it down, and then move forward and then you should be able to feel it if you see a peer or a colleague that is feeling for a pulse in the middle of the wrist here you know that it's likely they don't know where the radio pulse is and you should not trust the pulse rate that they are giving to you because that is not where the pulse is it's not possible to feel it there right so something to keep in mind they should be up here and across a lot of times what i'll do is i will um, reach across to the patient and i'll Hold it over this way that way i'm able to feel it a little bit better as well versus on this side just kind of depends on where it's easiest to um, get that hold of the patient so knowing the anatomy and then being able to find it all the time based on that anatomical protrusion right here on the wrist um, that's definitely something to think about don't use your thumb you've probably heard that in class you do have Um, uh, a pulse in your thumb, so if you're feeling it and you're not feeling your patient's pulse, you might be feeling your own, um, which obviously you don't wanna have um, as well. Can you find it? So once you've found that location, what I typically do is I push down fairly hard, right? Almost to the point where I'm almost cutting off the flow through that, just like a blood pressure cuff would be, and then I let off a little bit. That will provide a little bit more um, protrusion, a little bit more power, On that pulse rate so you should be able to feel a little bit more so instead of starting light I start deep and then let up to where I can feel it and then I can start counting Um, and then finally from there if you're definitely still not feeling it at that point maybe you don't have a pulse there maybe their blood pressure is so low like my patient that um, that you can't feel the pulse that's something good to know right then you can go to the carotid artery when you're at the carotid artery again the, the mechanics and the anatomy is to protect your carotid arteries as much as possible so they're not on the outside they are placed as close to the trachea as possible so what i do is i feel the trachea the heart protrusions of the trachea and i go straight down from there right and then you should be able to feel that carotid artery if you come out from this side and in it might be a little bit more difficult because you're pushing some of that skin over. So coming straight across, again, two fingers, and then you'll be able to feel it, right? So something to think about from that perspective. Again, finding the anatomy and then moving it over. And then counting, um, you've practiced this, of course, um, during your, your schooling. Uh, 15 seconds, if you don't have a patient that seems severe, it could be okay count for 15 seconds multiply by four Um, if you're in any semblance of a traumatic event I would definitely do 30 seconds it feels like a lot but you're gonna get a much better count on that pulse rate by taking that 30 seconds when your mind gets pulled away because you're hearing something you're gonna have done your meditation in the beginning of the day right so you'll notice oh, my mind's pulled away get back to counting right so those 30 seconds are gonna be very important from that perspective so that's pulse Um, Obviously, very um, elementary, very um, specific, but if you can take the tools from a meditation perspective, from a presence, from a a mindfulness perspective, as well as some of the tips that you um, may be able to pick up from this, you should be able to get that pulse all the time, bang on, and be very supportive to your patient by now being able to treat consistent with the vital signs that you've gotten. Blood pressure. Blood pressure is very important as well. right? You've got your blood pressure cuff. Um, I'll show you some close-ups of this. But when you're looking at this, everybody's played with a blood pressure cuff before, and you want your artery to be placed directly where that is because the bladder inside your cuff doesn't go all the way around. You want the bladder, the part that expands, to be directly over your brachial artery. That way it actually occludes the flow of it very well, and you will be able to read it better um, on the actual... um, Blood pressure cuff itself. So, as you're getting this set up, I'll open this up real quick. We'll zoom in on this for you again, but just make sure you keep an eye on it, right? This side against the limb, that's where your artery is. We'll show you how to get that in place. But again, what's the anatomy of your arm? What's the anatomy of everybody's arm as they move forward? So, just like we said, you're not going to have your brachial artery running outside on this way, right, because your body's trying to protect it. It wants it to be as medial as possible, and it's going to basically set your brachial artery underneath the bicep, and it's going to run straight through off of your funny bone about an inch or so this way, right? So you should be able to feel if you push hard enough. The brachial artery as it's flowing through there so that's another place you can check the pulse if you had to but specifically that's where you want to set yourself up for success so set that blood pressure cuff right over the brachial artery make sure it's high enough up that you'll have some room to be able to place your blood pressure or excuse me your stethoscope and then get that in place. So once you have everything set up, it's nice and tight, use two fingers to place the blood pressure cuff in and around and make sure it's super tight so that it doesn't fall down when it's not inflated, right? So once you get that in place, you can either set your dial either on the blood pressure cuff itself. For me personally, I actually like to clip it to their shirt or somewhere up higher so that it's not moving around as easily. So, once you get that set up right, you're going to inflate much higher than you think. Um, If it's an adult, um, or in my case, it was a female about 17 years old, I'm definitely going to pump it up to at least 200, 220, right? That way I can make sure I'm completely occluding the flow, and it will allow me, just like I was with the pulse, to have a little bit more pressure that's coming behind it, so I can actually get a good listen on that as it comes through. So pump it up, 200, 220. Um, If it's a larger patient, you can go higher than that. And then remember, don't look at the bounce on your dial as it's coming forward. You wanna make sure that the bounce is going to be noted ahead of time, but as it starts to actually flow past that blood pressure cuff, that's gonna be your first um, top end pressure, right? So once you get that, then you can start listening for the change in tone And sometimes if it's a loud environment, you can listen for it to go away completely, right? So that's your two blood pressure ranges. So something to think about um, specifically with that, again, just tips and tricks um, from that perspective. Place that bell in the right spot. We've talked about it a little bit, right, from an anatomy perspective. But if you are watching somebody take a blood pressure and they're taking the blood pressure over here or over here, you can be fairly confident that they're not going to be hearing the right pressures if they are hearing anything at all, right? So it needs to be set up right over here to the uh, medial side of the arm, and you'll be able to hear it very well there. And then of course, you wanna look at your uh, stethoscope to make sure that it is set in the right way. The little hole that is here on the outside is flipped it down, and then you'll be able to hear it really well. Final tip, obviously on the stethoscope, again, ways you can find people that haven't trained very well. The stethoscope points down. So if somebody takes this and they put their ears in this way, it's going to go to the back of their ears. They're not going to be able to hear anything, right? So make sure it's pointed forward. And then as it's in, you'll be able to hear much better because it's pointing directly down into your ear canal. Right, so something to think about with that. and then finally, I wouldn't go too slow as you are doing the release of the air in the blood pressure cuff itself. You want to make sure that it's a good consistent speed if it's too slow, um, you're going to potentially miss uh, when it starts to flow through because there's just a lot of activity that's happening around you. so I would just go at a nice consistent pace as soon as you start to see it bounce. that's when you're listening really well, and then as that pops through, right so Definitely things to keep in mind. And then respiratory rate, um, that's that's obviously critical. Um, You can definitely try to count that respiratory rate after you finished your 30 seconds taking the pulse, right? So you're watching their chest rise and fall. If for whatever reason you're unable to watch the chest rise and fall, one thing that I definitely do, especially in a loud environment, is I will take and I will listen right here along the trachea. Once this is on the trachea, you can hear the airflow in and out very easily and very well. And you should be able to get a good respiratory rate while you're doing that. Another cool tip for this, if it's winter time and you're trying to take lung sounds or at least get a feel for how the lungs sound on a patient, you can do a quick listen right here on the lungs and you'll be able to hear if there's any gunk or junk or anything like that inside the lungs. You won't know exactly where it is, upper, lower, anterior, posterior, right? but you'll be able to at least get a good respiratory rate and you'll get to know whether it's wet, whether it's dry, what the lung sounds might be, strider, things like that, right? So pulse, blood pressure, um, and, and respiratory rate. So those are some of the cool tips, techniques. Now, if I were to be running that call again today as an emergency medical technician, here's basically how I would run through this, right? So let's put this into practice. Um, I would have been, and still do, instituting my meditation routine. So every morning I take 10 minutes at minimum and I do my meditation. I sit right here in this chair, I get nice and comfortable, I cross my legs, I set my timer and I do my breathing. And then when my mind goes away, I'll bring it back to focus on my inhalation and my exhalation. Those are the focus that I have on a meditation side. And then throughout the day, I'm going to be standing in my superhero pose, right? So I'm going to try to have that broad posture, which increases my presence and my capability to be present and to have that confidence moving forward during specific incidents. So. Another thing to definitely keep in mind And then I would absolutely uh, As soon as those calls come in As soon as you hear that tone drop on your radio or on your pager Or however you're getting notified As soon as that comes in, I'm going to do a 1st just breathe. I'm going to lower my pulse, my blood pressure, my anxiety, my nervousness, so I can listen to where the call is, so I can assist my partner in getting to that scene. And then as we pull up to the scene, I'm going to think about what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to do another mindfulness exercise, another first-just-breathe. And then when we pull out, my partner, if he or she is a paramedic, will assign me, hey, get the vital signs. Perfect. Find the patient, it's dark out, so I'm going to um, find where the patient is. We've got two patients, so we're dividing and conquering now. I've got a light with me. Find the patient, and I do an initial, immediate triage of the patient. We get additional assistance coming by They're looking at the airway, breathing, and circulation. I'm assigned to do vital signs. Perfect, so I'm gonna find my patient. I know since it's dark out, I don't need to know exactly where I'm looking. I find my patient's arm. I drop down, I get my pulse rate. I'm going to take that for 30 seconds. I can't see very well, right? so I'm not going to be able to get a respiratory rate, but I'll get that pulse rate, call that out to my partner or write it down on my glove. From there, then I'll move on to the blood pressure. This is absolutely critical, right? And it's dark out, but once you get this blood pressure set on and in place and really well dialed in, you will then be able to get that blood pressure. If you have a partner and they can give you a little bit of a light while you are looking at this, or if I can even set this up to where some lights are coming from the road by um, putting it to their shirt, something like that, right? Then I can get that blood pressure by the techniques that we talked about, making sure I'm dialed in specifically on where I want my, um, my blood pressure cuff as well as my stethoscope to go. And then I'm listening for that to flow through. If it's really loud, you can always do a palpated pulse right Um, so that's something to definitely think about where you get your systolic pulse but you won't be able to get the diastolic try though with those tools and techniques to get both the systolic as well as the diastolic blood pressure so once you get that in place then try to get that respiratory rate again you can put this right on the trachea listen for that respiratory rate now you know for a fact and I would know for a fact that I have a good pulse good blood pressure good respiratory rate And I will be able to pass that along to my paramedic and I'll be able to make some differential diagnoses on my own to decide how critical is my patient and how quickly do we need to move to scoop and take the patient to the hospital, right? So all of these techniques will help to improve upon your ability to perform better and truly doing the task saturating items like the blood pressure, like the pulse are important. But if you can take some of the techniques and tools from a blood prep, from a... um, mindfulness and a meditation perspective. That will matriculate down to all of the other things as you continue to improve upon your status and your career as an AMT, right? Things to keep in mind, hope this was beneficial for you. If you do enjoy content like this, I would love it if you gave me a thumbs up. We will have weekly uh, access shows that we'll talk a lot more about um, emergency management, firefighting, EMS, how you can perform as a new EMT, or if you're in the fire service, how you can perform as an acting engineer or acting lieutenant. All of these techniques really flow together and you're gonna learn quite a bit as you're trying to improve upon your professional career. So thank you again for joining me. Don't forget to pick up that free guide on the first Just Breathe technique that I mentioned in this uh, specific episode, My uh, hyperacademy.mykajabi.com slash 10 seconds. Hope you're doing well. We'll see you next week and uh, have a great day. Thank you.